Blog Talk Radio. Hey, what's up? It's your homegirl, Complex Angel, and welcome back to another episode of Self Love is My Rehab, where we are all tired of abusing our addiction. I'm about to get my partner in crime, DC, on the line so we can start this show tonight, so please tune in and love yourself. Yo, yo, DC, what's going on? What up, Day Day? <laughs> nothing much, nothing much. Just having an incomplete ass day. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, we got plenty of them. Yeah, you know that, bro. <laughs> what was the vibe of the week for you? Shit, sickness, man. I don't know what's oh, in the shit. air, but I just know that these last few days, they ain't been it for me. I've been, oh, I, I survived all of last year and half of this year of not being sick, and then woo wop bam, I came <laughs> up with like a. I don't know, like a little a little bug or something, but yeah. It's just been the vibe of the week, just uh trying to trying to hold on to my insides. Not to be too descriptive. Well, I'm hoping, <laughs> hoping that you feel better and you know, I'm praying that you get better. Um, yeah, and I hope it's not what we think it is because I'm just ready to see Hell that no. shit go. Oh, I'm so ready to see that shit go. So, okay, mm-hmm. well. Floating over to just the only one light spot of my segment, uh, keeping it complex. I got two things. <laughs> one, I got a little story for y'all. So I really do not realize how short I am. The other day I went to go drop off a book to my homegirl in Northeast. And, um, you know, I went to go support her while she was interviewing this uh, Jamaican guy who has, he's the owner of a restaurant called Keisha's Kitchen, and he can sing his ass off. And, you know, after the interview was over, it just started raining out of nowhere. I had nothing to cover myself with. So, you know, we just improvised. I grabbed a big-ass kitchen bag, and I'm covering that over my head. Now, it was over my body. And um, this guy was, like, trying to pull out his parking spot, but he almost crashed, trying to wonder, like, is that a floating garbage bag? And when I lift it up, (laughs) he's like, oh, shit. So, yeah. (laughs) I didn't realize I was how short I was. And um, I have a website up now. I just um, joined Linktree. So you guys can follow me at link.linktree slash complex underscore angel. That's where you'll find my books. That's where you'll find the podcast. And I'm hoping to add more links to it. So that's all I got. (laughs) We're about to get right into the shut me the fuck up topic tonight. We, as you guys seen with the promo video I sent out, we are doing Get It Off Your Chest, Baby Kid style. <laughs> this movie will be 29 years old on my birthday. It came out July 31st, 1992. And I do want to say that I was today years old when I found out. I always thought that Baby's kids just meant you was bad. No, their mom name was Baby. I'm learning, y'all. Bear with me. So... <laughs> oh, we're just going to get right into the first question. All right, so DC, me and you was talking about the whole when Robin met Jamaica, right? I said that he only paid and cashed out on her and them kids because he wanted, you know what I'm saying, to clap them cheeks. And you said, no, nah, you know what I'm saying, that's not, he really liked her, right? So I just want to get your perspective. Do you think, does a man impress in the beginning because he's really interested or just trying to clap the cheeks? Well, I like how you put clapping the cheeks in there because, you know, I, I love, <laughs> I love saying that, you know, it's just something about clapping the cheeks. No, but, yeah. <laughs> no, but um, I mean, I feel like, I feel like there's always going to be that thought that comes across. Like, I mean, you know, cause we, we are always initiated with um, the, the physical appearance of a person, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's going to be your initiative of, you know, luring yourself to that person. So mm-hmm. initially you're going to be like, you know, damn, like, them cheeks, cheeks. <laughs> and then it was, you know, then it's just like, if you really into a person, like if that person just really wraps a hold of you on all seriousness, like, you may look at their physical appearance, but at the same time you're looking at, you know, the way they may be having a conversation with somebody or, you know, how they bat their eyes or how they just might happen to just glance at you and maybe smirk at you and stuff like that or just, you know, how they stand or, 
you know, just their demeanor as a whole. And <laughs> I, rem- I remember when he first saw her, <laughs> and he just said, look at this brick house here. <laughs> She's so fine. She makes you want to get a job with benefits. Oh. Oh, so I can, I can say initially for him in particular, initially it was to clap the cheeks. But oh, God. I feel like the more the more the night had went on, because mind you, they got they met at a funeral. Yep, <laughs> they met at a funeral, and um, they was playing dominoes in the back. They had no respect for this nigga, by the way. Like <laughs> you know, all playing dice at the funeral. That's the there. But uh, no, yeah. it was at the repast, back. though. You know how to repass. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. They were, well, well, I was, I think it, it was the repast slash funeral because like the woman was grieving for him. I think it was his wife. She was grieving for him. And I I want to say his casket was still there. Oh, God. <laughs> and then, yes. like, in the back, they were yes. playing dominoes. Like, that's, okay. <laughs> we was crazy as hell at the beginning. But, um, but no, yeah. Um, I think as as the night went on, like, you know what I'm saying? Because, like, your body and your mind would just, your body, mind, and heart, and your feelings would tell you, like, you know, like, damn. Like, at first, like, I was trying to hit that, but, like, now I'm kind of, like, seeing more of, like really trying to fuck with you like on like some long term type of shit. So. Mm, I don't want to say so. Okay. So and, I and most told, in some cases, like by by no, pint. No, 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 no. Just hear me out. Just hear me out. Just hear me out. What I'm saying, I don't think he felt like that the first night. You can't really get an idea like that off the first night. I think that right, right. maybe like during the date, like hanging out with her, you know what I'm saying, when they went on a little boat ride, I think like Okay, you know what I'm saying? I like you. But I was I really applauded for not looking at him in a bad way when um he asked her, can you give me a ride home? Because I'm not going to lie, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes we turn our nose up like, nigga, you ain't got no car. But, um, <laughs> you know, uh, I will say that. <laughs> I'm serious. I will say that I do. I've heard from a man before that they do look at the assets first. But I think that depending on what type of woman you're dealing with, um, if you're a person that's easy and just gives it up, you know what I'm saying, they got what they want. But if you're a person that, um, you know what I'm saying, you got to put some work into this, men love the chase. Now, some men will sit up there and just, you know, make you think that they're waiting, but they're really, they really still got this person on the side and that person on the side. Some will get frustrated, like, okay, your pussy ain't that good. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to just go to somebody else who's worth it. And some will really put in the work. Now, Jimmy can put him to the test because, you know, he thought that he was just picking her and her son up, trying to make an impression. No, it's like <laughs> three more. It's four of them. No, you get what I'm saying? And, <laughs> and, you know, but, but he paid for them. He took them and everything. And, I don't know. I just always thought like, okay, he casting out because he really wants this. But you made me you you made me realize, ain't no man gonna put that much work in to get it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like then, somebody like, don't give up after a while. Right, and the nigga was literally scraping for change the whole movie. <laughs> literally, <laughs> like his last dollar was in his sock, my nigga. At the end of the movie, yeah. Like, <laughs> So, like he was really scraping okay. for change this whole movie, so it was like it's not. I'm not saying that you know he deserved to get the cheeks, but it's like he oh definitely deserved to get that next level. You know what I'm saying? Of you know some sort of commitment because it's like he committed to you and somebody else's kids along with your kids the whole damn day. Now mind yeah. you, these just ain't no regular ass kids. These some little criminals. Oh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So when you put those things okay. in perspective. You know what I'm saying? Those are a lot of obstacles that he was willing to, you know, willing to um, take on. You know what I'm saying? And Ooh. honestly, I wouldn't have done it if I was just only there for one objective. Because like you yeah, said, there's true, too many true. women out here to just go simply and just be like, okay, I know initially in a, in a couple hours whether or not this is going to be chase-worthy or not. If it is mm. and it's too much, then, hey, I'm going to the next one. Yeah. Okay. So now we're going into the kids, right? Okay, we got LaShawn, Leon, uh, I forget the baby. LaShawn, and I forget Khalil. The Khalil, um, and what's the little Khalil baby? Khalil was there. Kiwi. Kiwi, yeah. Okay, so LaShawn had a crush on Leon, right? And Khalil always yeah. teased her about it, but she was real mean to Leon. But 
you know, that one time when they pushed them together and they kissed, you seen it all in her eyes. But then it's like when she realized they was making fun of her for showing that vulnerable moment, she started, she went and got that little hammer and was chasing them all around the amusement park. You know what I'm saying? For making fun of her for that vulnerable moment. So, so why why do we have to be mean to show we like someone? Because we saw this in Hey Arnold too with Helga and Arnold and now with LaShawn and Leon, like where she just felt being mean was just going to like, you know, show like, hey, I like you. Well, I think it was just a, I think that was just our way of doing that as kids. You know what I'm saying? It was, it just, it just equaled aggression. Like, you know what I'm saying? You couldn't just, you couldn't just necessarily just like, you know, be open, especially when you got an audience that, as, you know, that's in the back, you know, just talking shit and embarrassing you at the same time. So I don't know. Like, I I feel like it's it's such a sensitive topic and the only way to, only way to, um, you know, I guess go about it with some confidence or, you know, have such a safe haven and not, you know, break down and, you know, lose your shit is just to be mean about it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I never understood it, honestly, like, because, like, with me, like, <laughs> if I like somebody, I've... I didn't have the courage to, you know, talk to them or some shit like that. I just kind of like, you know, wait and just hope that God would just be like, yep, yeah, push her towards me. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, um, but yeah, like if you notice, like it's always the the little, you know, the young girls at the time who have crushes on, yeah. you know, boys and stuff like that. They're the ones that are, you know, most likely probably throwing rocks at you and one of them hitching your head and you get a concussion. But she's just trying to show you her love. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So it's like, it's like the caveman reverse effect. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because, like, back in the day, like, they used to club the women over the head and shit like that. But, like, it took, like, it took, like, a reverse effect in a sense where, like, the women is now doing the clubbing and shit because, oh, gosh. like, they're, they're, you know what I'm saying? They're claiming their, you know, their, their interest or whatever. But, true, true. yeah. I don't know. I'm, I don't know. That's I mean, really, I, really I think that's going to be dissected a, a lot. I think I think guys I think guys guys do this too because I used to get picked on growing up and I used yeah. to come home crying like this kid keeps pinching me and like you know like he keeps picking on me keeps telling me shit and I was like he do that because he likes you and I'm like what type of like is this because you're making me right. do it total opposite you're making me dislike you you know what I'm saying but um I but but you do see this shown in movies more with females because remember Dennis the Menace with the little girl. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying? She was real evil. Um, I don't, I mean, I really never found an answer for it. That's why I was bringing it to the platform to see if you can answer it. But we'll, we'll just go on to the next one. Do you think it makes it easier for the rejection that may come with liking that person? Do you think they're mean because it's like, you know, I can, I can get attention from this person. I can pick on them and everything like that, but they'll never know the secret I have. You know, and I think, honestly, that may just be the answer to that question. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like if you already have it in your mind that, you know, your initial feelings towards this person is just like to the public that I don't really like you like that. Like, I can't stand you, my nigga. But it's like you (laughs) at the same time, like with the hidden agenda type of thing, like, you know, like with, you know, with Helga and LaShawn, for, uh, for example, like, you know, like, how they secretly like these dudes, but like, you know, try to put it out there in the public that, you know, they hate these individuals because it's just like, for example, like, you know, if they were to maybe just pull them to a side, you know what I'm saying? Or just write a letter, you know what I'm saying? Something discreet. And if they get turned down, it's like, well, nigga, I was just joking in the first place. Like, I don't even know why you took that <laughs> yes. shit. No way like that. I was just playing. Like, you know what I'm saying? But then you ain't got to go home and cry in the car and shit or in your closet. You know, so you already you already have, like, that – you already have that, those feelings fueled up for that rejection. Like, you already prepared yourself mm-hmm. by entity telling yourself that you don't really like this person, but your heart is telling you something different. True. True. That is so true. Because um, I think – for me, like, I knew rejection was coming. Um, like, I, I I could just feel rejection coming. Like, when I would tell a guy I liked him, I would write the letter, but I would write in there the reject. It's okay if you don't like me back. Like, I would set myself up for that rejection in the letter. Like, I'm giving you a way out, nigga. But 
with Helga, you know what I'm saying, prime example, when she did express herself to Arnold, he backed all the way the fuck off. And I think that that really hurt because, but I think that that could have went a different way if, if, if she was nicer, you know what I'm saying? He don't want to feel because of all the shit that you put him to. But I do think well, that rejection... I do think that rejection does play a big part in it. You hear what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it, it just it just makes it easier to play on the sidewalk. You know what I'm saying? It, it's less pain. It's less, I, I have control over here. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can yeah. fantasize about you. You know what I'm saying? I can think about you, but it doesn't have to be brought out to the world because there won't be ridicule with it. There won't be rejection and not feeling pretty enough. Like, well, you know, like, well, what about me? Not saying that kids think like that, but our minds can tend to go to that. You know what I'm saying? Like, kids can be very cruel growing up, and it can make you go to a dark place inside. You get what I'm saying? What was you about to say? Yeah, I was going to say, like, because I feel like another way, another reason possibly is that, you know what I'm saying, like, we we don't show we don't show that sense of emotion that we kind of like somebody is because like you know like you said like you know kids can be cruel hell adults can be cruel too like you know what I'm saying like you can like a particular person but you care so much about who the audience sees you with you don't really yeah. see that that person is really worth being out in public with you see what I'm saying mm-hmm. so it's like you can't necessarily have that potential relationships where, like, you know, you're a couple, you know what I'm saying, you're seen with this person, because you just never know, like, for example, if I was if I was uh, going after somebody, and, you know, I liked them for who they were, and, you know what I'm saying, they fit for me, but mm-hmm. I'll have, like, a friend here and there talking, you know, making fun of her and stuff like that, and as crazy as that would be, that would, that would remove my interest towards her, because, like, you know, now you're negative vibes that they see in you is rubbing off on me type of thing. Mm. And then that's when that selfish act kind of kicks in in a sense, you know what I'm saying? To where it's like, yeah, I don't know. Like this is killing my character, my image type of shit. Like, you know, I felt like it was for me, but it's like now that they done butchered the hell out of you, you know what I'm saying? Talking about how you do this, how you do that, the certain way you talk. And it's like, yeah, I'm starting not to like it either. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, people who would criticize your love interest will fuck around and just have you just not like it at all either. And you know what it's sad? Because when you let the outside world in on your love life, you become very mm-hmm. miserable. You know what I'm saying? And I, I hate to say it, but guys do this too. Guys don't like mm-hmm. to show emotions around their boys. So, like, they, you know, if they girl say, I love you, they won't say it back because they don't want to get talked about. And it's like, Oh, mm-hmm. my gosh. Like, I'm pretty sure your boy be pillow talking with his girl. Like, let's stop. You know hard, what I'm saying? Because it's hard like. Hard shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, hard as shit. But I don't know. I don't know. It's just that that, that does play a part in it. Parents, too, because I know for a fact I really did care about what my mom and them would think if I brought certain guys home growing up. She, my grandma, I couldn't even talk to a guy. You know what I'm saying? I had to sneak and give them the phone number. And I'm like, call during these hours. <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah. See, I, see, I oh. thought my mom was picky, though, bro. Like, because, you know, after a while, it'd be like, well, damn, like, who is good for me? Like, shit, like, you just being picky now, my nigga. So, yeah, oh, I mean, parents, talking... parents in a sense could be picky, too. And that, yeah, that goes like that. Daddies don't feel like there's anybody good enough for their girls, and mamas definitely don't feel like there's any woman that's good enough for their son. Oh, uh, okay. Right. So, last question. So we get into after, you know, Robin was set up with the kids. Then, you know, he wanted to give Baby a piece of his mind. And then he goes upstairs to realize that um, these kids are always by themselves. There's no food in the refrigerator. Weren't, the lights weren't off. No, the lights weren't off. But, um, like, you know, just seeing, like, it was an empty house. And, like, how LaShawn, I think, had to even make up a lie. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, she had to work or something. She made up a lie. Like, you know, like, she hasn't been there. So right. what can make, because I know, I know it took for you to, like, point this out to me, like, you know, like, they, 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 like basically the kids was a motherless, they were motherless kids. So what can mm-hmm. make a mother give up on her kids? And why do you think Robin had to see the kids' environment before feeling bad for them? Because beforehand, he was set up. Hmm. Well, this is, this is probably one of the serious fucking questions out of the bunch. Yeah, but, that's right. And, but no, um, I think what can what can make a mother 
possibly give up on her kids is just not living up to her potential, you know what I'm saying, in her single life, you know what I'm saying, before she had kids. Because like I feel like I feel like that's always a trap in a sense when you when you rush and live life too fast with somebody and you're carelessly having sex and then boom, you got like three, four kids type of thing. And you don't get a chance to live. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not and I'm not saying that other women who have been in that same situation has not did that because I know quite a few women who have, you know, multiple kids and it's still living their best life and being their, being the best mother that they can be. But mm-hmm. I think for a baby in particular, she wasn't done living life for herself. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And she had, she had Jamika as that friend who was enabling Bebe to do whatever she wanted to do because Jamika was always there to yeah. watch those kids. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like <clears throat> when you got a friend like that who's I don't want to say that she wasn't putting her in her place because she possibly could have been. No, mm-hmm. I can't say that because she was always making excuses for her. That's what was tripping Robin out because he like, well, where is the chat? Like, well, baby yeah. doing this, baby doing that. And she, <laughs> that nigga said, she probably out getting her boot smoke right now. Just like, you could be. But now you want to sit here and watch these bad-ass kids. <laughs> yeah. like, and, and it's crazy because, like, we laugh at all the punchlines and shit, but he was really talking that shit. He was like, you know, like if he, if he didn't want if she if she didn't want to uh, watch him, she shouldn't have had him type of thing. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. like that whole ride home, like he was really like telling her off type of thing. So, um, well, yeah, when it came down to it, like, yeah, the kids were basically her mother's child because, like I said, she was. I feel like she was still trying to just live her life that didn't involve her kids. You know what I'm saying? And like I said, with Jamika being the the uh, the friend that was enabling that behavior, she didn't feel the need to digress from that and have that reality check. Like, okay, my time is done. Like now, I really need to like really focus on my kids, type of thing. And mm-hmm. you know, for him to finally have some sort of sympathy for the kids, like it it took him to have to go in their environment. Like these niggas was like in the like for real projects, like. <laughs> Niggas coming out of nowhere with you know breaking out breaking out of people's houses you know selling TVs and stuff like that you know what I'm saying to fighting a spider in the hallway <laughs> you know what I'm saying like yeah. it got real like you know what I'm saying like he had to see that they were like legit in the slums and mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember that nigga was like here here's twenty dollars card a piece of man <laughs> my nigga Pee Wee said don't come around no more yeah 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 man you know like. But yeah, man, like, and and that's real shit. Like, I don't know, I don't know if his, I don't know if this was based off a true story, but I think this may have just been a comedy sketch that Robin Harris actually did. But they built this movie based off of that comedy sketch that he did. Because I don't know yeah. if you noticed, like, when they have, like, little snippets of him actually, like, you know, telling the story and stuff, they, they built mm-hmm. this movie just, like, fully based off of that comedy sketch. I don't know if that was necessarily a true story from Robin Harris, but... It was a damn good truth. It was a damn good story to actually have to relate into the actual world, though. I was today years old when I like figured that out too. Watching the West, I'm like, oh shoot, this was based off. I when I was a little kid, I didn't understand that part. I'm like, get back to the cartoons. <laughs> That's how I was looking at it. But um, I would say a woman can give up on her kids when she's been set up for a reality that she probably wasn't ready for, because you have some women where the man will tell them that I'm going to be here through it with you. And then once the child gets here and they realize how hard it is, it's easy for them to walk away. And then it's just like, damn, you get what I'm saying? So Mm -hmm. I definitely agree with you that Jamika was enabling her, but I think in Jamika's eyes, she probably felt bad for baby because it's like you have three kids, you don't have no help and it doesn't make it right. But she probably just right. felt bad for her. And then it's like, here, her son, Leon, he's the only child. But I know you said Leon didn't give a fuck about them, but it's like, okay, you got somebody to play with. You know what I'm saying? Because right. 
kids who are the only child, it's like you be feeling bad for them because they be like, mommy, come play with me. And sometimes you're too tired or sometimes, you know, you're paying bills and sometimes, like, you know, you just don't have the time to play with them. And it's like, damn, if only you had a little brother or sister. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel bad that I can't give you all the time that I need. But it doesn't make it it doesn't make it right that baby left, but I feel like society is harder on the mother for walking out than they are on the father. And I will also say, because it's so much easier for a father to walk away, guys who are in the picture stepping up and doing their job don't get enough credit. So we got to do better overall in society with that. Um, Now, with Robin, I feel like he felt bad for them after, you know what I'm saying, he had to kind of put himself in their shoes. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, yes, y'all are bad as hell, but at the end of the day, y'all are kids, and this is something out of y'all control. You know, Pee-wee's still right. in diapers. You get what I'm saying? And it's like and trying to live. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. I'm just saying, no. Why, DC? <laughs> what I'm trying to say is like, he, he okay, he's he not an arm baby, you right. <laughs> Why not? Okay, he's not an arm baby. You're right, but he's still a young kid that La- that Lashawn and Khalil had to be responsible for, which stops them from being a kid. So he just felt like, yeah. damn, you get what I'm saying? Like this is out of their control. Like they didn't ask to be here. So you know, I think he went. He turned back around and got them, and what they went to Vegas and Pee Wee fucking unplugged oh. all the lights <laughs> and Las Vegas in the dark, but. <laughs> It was it was such a dope movie, man. Like if y'all never seen Baby Kids, please go watch that. Um, if you remember Immature, IMX, Marcus Houston played the voice of Khalil. You know what I'm saying? So it, mm-hmm. it's definitely a dope movie. <laughs> but anything you want to say before we segue to the next segment? Uh, no. I mean, shit. Just to piggyback off of what you were saying, like you know, Baby's Kids got some nostalgia of mm-hmm. the. You know what I'm saying? The, the 80, 90 babies, man. Like, <laughs> if y'all ain't seen it during that era, I mean, the budget is low as fuck, but it'll <laughs> still be worth the watch. It's on YouTube, yeah. actually. They, they got it in segments, so go ahead and, you know, <laughs> just watch it. Go. You get some laughs. Just, just go watch it on Netflix. Just go watch it on Netflix. You can watch it straight through. You ain't got to keep going back out to go find the next part. You can watch it straight through on Netflix. Man, whatever. If them <laughs> niggas ain't got Netflix or don't know don't know nobody with Netflix, YouTube is your friend too. Yeah. You're right. That part. You're right, that part. Okay. So let's get into the simulation of mine. Drop it D C. Mm, let me stretch real quick. Mm. Oh yeah. don't that yeah. really? All right. You ready? I'm ready. All right. Let's stimulate that mind correct. All right. So, um, stimulate your mind question this week is, what does your self-love look like in your personal life versus your work life? Oh, shit. I mean, there ain't no versus. Shit, they both the same. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know, I, um, when it comes to when it comes to work and personal life, I'm a people pleaser inside and out. Um, oh, shit. Uh, yeah, I aim to be a perfectionist. I'm, it's a habit of mine that I'm trying to fucking break. Um, that and, um, yeah, just those two really, just being just being more so on the people pleasing side, like, you know, on both ends, because I know I have moments where, I want to object to certain shit, but it's like, okay, if I do that, I'm going to open up a can of worms and then all hell is going to break loose. And at the end of the day, this is not going to work in my favor. So I'm going to just shut the fuck up and just, you know, keep it pushing type of thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, be pissed off at myself at the same time for not, you know, standing my grounds or, you know, what I believed in in that particular moment in time. Um, uh, Shit. I would say I would say the only difference is like the the um the physical time that I put in at work versus outside of work. I don't do shit when I leave work <laughs> because I already do enough when I'm there. 
fuck that. <laughs> but I will credit these niggas for these 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 handsome ass calves that they um, produced me. They um they gave me some pretty <laughs> little calves. They nice and they strong. They yeah, knock a nigga out real quick. They nice. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but no, yeah. I mean, and you know, those are things that I'm that I'm trying to work on for sure. Um, because I've you know I've had I've had moments at work where that people pleasing side kicked in and you know I really wanted to open my mouth and say something but it's almost like where you kind of like somewhat make that gesture and it fails and then it's just like okay fuck it like I'm not even about to try to attempt to do it again but I I started I started to realize like sometimes you just kind of you got to really keep opening your mouth and like really expressing yourself until shit really gets done or gets justified the right way you know what I'm saying? So I'm I'm learning that, you know what I'm saying, at work and, you know, in my personal life too as well. Like certain, you just got, you got to be your own person and, and, you know, really be truthful to your beliefs and what you believe in. You know what I'm saying? Like trust your judgment because I always second, I always second my judgment and shit and be thinking that, you know, it's just a toxic version of me coming out. But that's probably just my true intuition. Like you know what I'm saying? Like I just I just really be, you know, objective to certain things, but you know, the the people pleasing side of me just shuts that shit down and I just go accordingly to what people say and do because I feel like times like their interest and, in, you know what I'm saying, the way they think and operate is more better than mine. So I have to definitely shut that shit down. But mm. but yeah. Hey, those are my two uh two major and only struggles, honestly. So what my self-love looks like in my personal life, um, I am doing a lot more meditation this day, these days. Um, I'm spending a lot of time by the water, doing reflection, reading books, coloring. I love my thought coloring books. Um, this is really getting to know me. I feel like the person that I used to be, the people pleaser, having anxiety is all shifting to my my workplace. Like, you know, because um I've I've never spoke up. I never used to speak up about anything at work. I would if, if there was changes, okay, I'm gonna just shut up and take it because I need the job, right? Um, like when I worked for Christian okay. Loans, I used to be the person certain people on each team got access to different systems. So if a person needed to do something they had to go to you to get it. And we still had a goal to meet every day. But people always come to me, hey, I need you. I need you that. Okay, okay. And then at the end of the day, damn, I didn't even meet goal. Okay, so now I got to work extra hard. I'm going to just work on the weekend. I'm doubling time on top of my work, you know what I'm saying, just to make sure that I finish because I was helping other people. At my other job with the restaurant lady, I stayed until like 9 o'clock at night. And then after a while, when I didn't want to leave, when I wanted to leave early, it became a problem. She was used to that. She took advantage of it. Now where I'm at now, um, I speak up a little bit, just, just a little bit, you know what I'm saying, because it's a lot of work. Okay. Like, I feel like, Tyreek, what more do you want from me? I can't take <laughs> on no more. But I, I, I'm not that person that speaks up in the meetings, you know, the person that really says, like, you know, this is wrong, y'all getting over on us. I'm not that person yet. I want to be. I be cringing like, oh, they gonna whoop you. Like I really feel like we in slavery, and like you just spoke, you just like talk back to the master, and I be about to get whooped. Like I always cringe when someone speaks up, but I'm like, you know, I want, I, I admire to be just like them. But I be feeling like, no, I don't want to be that type of person that's complaining. I still get in my head, well, what are other people gonna think? Am I gonna be the negative Nancy that brings all this negative energy, complaining about everything in the job? But when I have my one-on-ones with my supervisor and she asks me how you're really doing, that's when I tell her, like, listen, this, this, and this, I don't like to bring it up because I know you already got a lot going on. So I feel like I'm speaking up for myself, but I feel like I don't speak up enough. So I'm trying to work on my self-love in the job because I get that anxiety. If I say no, I'm going to lose my job. But at the end of the day, I had to realize with everything that's going on and people that quit, they can't afford to lose you. And I know that I put in enough work to where if I speak up, you're not going to fire me for speaking up because you know I'm a damn good worker. But I have to remind myself of that because I'll be looking like, you know, broke, unemployment, I, I can't do it. I can't just sit around and not do nothing. I can't. I have, I have to stay at it. But 
that's my take on it. So, yeah, all right, DC, I'm going to let you go into your light side. Take us to the shout-outs and appreciation. Oh, yeah, for sure. Let me go ahead and, let me go ahead and dabble in that shout-outs and appreciation. You know, I ain't shame. Uh, shout-out to Self-Love is My Rehab. This has been and continuously has been a therapeutic experience for me. You know what I'm saying? To be a better person each and every single day. You know, still working on perfection. Yeah. There's no such thing as that. So you already know what that means. We're just going to keep striving until we somewhat get close to that perfection. But, um, but yeah, uh, shout out to you, Complex, because without you, none of this would be possible. And then shout out to God, because without him, there will be no Complex, there will be no DC, there will be no self-love. my rehab. Uh, shout out to Dynamic Coach Patero. That's my baby. Do not play with it. You understand me? Hey, I just dropped a new shirt um, last week. And I can honestly say, like, people are really following up and, you know what I'm saying, like, really being in tune with my brand. Like, you know, I didn't think it would be consistent as it is, but, like, you know, people are really, like, interested in my stuff, and I really do appreciate that. I've recently just had, like, 10, uh, 10 to 15 sales um, off the new awesome. uh, shirt release. So, yeah, I'm definitely very appreciative, very humble. You know what I'm saying? So, y'all keep showing love. I'm going to keep pushing our product. You know what I'm saying? That's, yeah, the, that's the formula. That's how it works. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But to end that on a happy note, shout out to all my kings and queens with positive vibes and positive energy. And shout out to all you negative motherfucking Nancy's with negative vibes and negative energy. <laughs> we still like you at the end of the day, booger sugar. We just wait for you to catch up, my <laughs> Yo, well, I got you. I'm I, I'm getting my shirt in the next two weeks, okay? Um, So I'm going to say shout out to everyone that has supported and pre-ordered. I dropped off all the books. I can't wait to get y'all feedback. I thank y'all. I appreciate y'all for the continued support. Uh, shout out to No Apologies, my first book, because that set the platform for Self-Love is My Rehab, Queens Revives and Visions, and it also just gave birth to its little baby out of darkness. <laughs> I wrapped up that series. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is, I'm just saying. So I just really want to say thank you all for that. Um, please follow me on Instagram at complex underscore angel 90. I just created my website through Linktree. You can find it. The link is in my bio on my Instagram page, Linktree slash complex underscore angel. You can find the books. You can find the podcast. And I'm looking to put more links out so that you can just continue. I'm looking to start doing uh, tours and everything. You can find me on Linktree. Like, I'm really trying to go this year. And I know that that's all possible with God. I know that there's nothing that I can't do without him on my side. Um, he has really shown me myself. He has he has to pull me away. You know what I'm saying? He had to put me in a place where I could really be able to hear him because I had too many distractions before. So I'm just, like, really thankful for all the growth and how far I've come. And, uh, yeah, that being said, we see you got the last two segments. Sign us into the uh, what you know about that. All right, shit. This ain't going to be light, but fuck it. We about to get it. Hey, what you know about that? What you know about that? Hey, I know all about Well, I don't know all about this shit. Um, load them eight. <laughs> <Yeah. out>. um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I hate to do this. Well, in in the words of him, I usually I don't do this. <laughs> so look, listen, man. Uh, federal prosecutors are alleging that R. Kelly has sexual relations with two teenage boys. <sighs> what the fuck, R. Kelly? Shit. Um. So yeah, I was today years old when I heard, you know, from a little bird by the name of Complex that you know, what I'm saying like he 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 be fiddling with them with with them too. Uh, not not the ones his age either. So it was saying that uh, I was reading this article uh, from the Shade Room. Shout out to the Shade Room. Uh, It was saying that R. Kelly is already facing 22 charges of sexual abuse against young girls and women. And it looks like federal prosecutors are attempting to get some more charges filed, um, more more charges, charges, sorry, um, filed against him. 
According to uh, NPR, prosecutors um, allege R. Kelly initiated sexual relationships with two teenage boys in the early 2000s and are reported, reportedly seeking some uh, evidence to be alleged um, uh, to these crimes in, um, in his upcoming trial. And they were saying that the uh, the teenage boys were 17 and 6. Uh, the 17-year-old he had met at a Chicago uh, McDonald's. And um, they don't say exactly where uh, he met the other ones, but uh, I mean the other one, but uh, he was 16. And he allegedly uh, forced both boys to have sex with several of his girlfriends as well. Oh, and, yeah, I mean, yeah, basically to sum it all up, like, you know what I'm saying, like, they said the hell with all the, the all the twenty two charges. We about to add two more on there, but it's almost like I mean, shit. Like, can you can you in a sense feel sorry for an individual who has put themselves in this predicament? I'm not saying that he's the only one. He's just the only one that got caught. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Because I feel like there's a lot in the industry that do involve themselves in this in this private freakish lifestyle that they, you know, that R. Kelly has, you know, displayed here. You know what I'm saying? Like I heard, I, I know there was talks about uh, T.I. and Tiny possibly being in, in somewhat of the same yeah. situation. Like I said, I'm not, I'm not putting all the blame and the limelight on him because he's the only one. Like, no, he's just the only one that got <laughs> caught in the sense. But, um, yeah, I mean, is it, is it, is it hard to feel sorry for someone like that? You know what I'm saying? Because we all knew R. Kelly as, you know, the R&B God. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. we grew up on his music. Like, you know, we were either listening to it when we were young or we was clapping cheeks to it. But yeah. the fucked up part about it was, is like we didn't pay attention to the fact that he was telling his molestatious mm-hmm. stories in these mm-hmm. in these songs that he made. You know what I'm saying? That he got paid for. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's crazy when you got paid to do sick shit and yeah. you put it on a record. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, that's that's just my question overall. Like, do you feel like it's, do you feel like it's difficult to feel sorry for someone that you kind of looked at as somewhat of a positive figure to a certain extent, you know what I'm saying, growing up? Um. I'm going to be honest with you. I heard R. Kelly growing up, but I wasn't a big, big fan. Like, when you was around me, you didn't really hear R. Kelly in my playlist. But when mm-hmm. it came to, like, just listening to throwbacks, like, of course, like, um, Step in the Name of Love, uh, Your Body's right. Calling, that always reminded me of, like, when we used to, my, you know, my grandma used to have barbecues and we would sit outside. So it would remind me of that. But right, really wasn't a huge R. Kelly fan, like, he was very talented, and he wrote for a lot of people. Now, I did listen mm-hmm. to artists that he wrote for, but um, I would say yes and no. It is hard to feel sorry for someone like this because R. Kelly is at a point now where he felt untouchable because he was getting away with it for so long. Now, in the beginning, you know, say if we caught this back in, like, 2000, you know, but shit, that's, that's 10 years since he started doing this 91. Say if we caught this around the time when he did what he did with Aliyah by forging documents and other people were in there helping to forge documents for him to marry her, we could have got to the root of it. We could have did a little bit of time. You could have got therapy for it because um, in the Surviving R. Kelly documentary, because you didn't, you didn't hear from me. I was just telling you what I heard from in the uh, documentary. <laughs> Um, some of the girls said that when he talked to them and he lured them, he always talked about getting help. He talked to his brother about, like, I don't like who I am. You know, these videotapes are going to get me in trouble. But people enabled him. So now you're at a point where it's like, damn, I got I got past the first trial. You get what I'm saying? Got away with that. You know what I'm saying? I'm over here. Um, you know, just doing all these settlements and everything because, unfortunately, when R. Kelly got molested growing up, that's what happened in his situation. The guy who um, molested him settled, and his mom took the money. So sometimes the person who is a victim of this can either become the predator or can continue to be the victim. 
And he got molested by an older man, and he got molested by a female in his family, and he was also getting bullied. So he took that and just ran with it. Like, you know what? I don't have no feelings. I'm about to be this monster. You get what I'm saying? But even monsters cry out for help. But it's hard to feel sorry for him because he's so... He he's so arrogant with it now. They 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 put a clip in the Surviving R. Kelly documentary where he said it's too late for this shit now. Like, mm, it's too mm. late. <laughs> no, I feel like everybody, whatever happens in the dark, always comes to light, and it's time for the light to expose you. Like, I didn't understand his brother when he said R. Kelly don't need to. He don't need to be in a place like this. He don't need to be in jail. Listen, we all have our karma. I, it's it's just all fucked up. But yeah, and I know you said that you didn't even know that he went. You know what I'm saying, both ways. But it was a girl in the uh, documentary that he made cut her hair to look like a boy, and he called her his boy toy. You know, like when you get molested, because I'm a victim of it. I'm a victim of molestation. It opens your mind to a lot of perverted things. You know, like you, you just get when you get exposed to sex at an early age, it's over from there. Especially if no one's talking to you about it. But what was you about to say? No, I was gonna say. I mean, shit. That just that that goes right back into you know your your upbringing. Like you know, what I'm saying like mm-hmm. not justifying what he did, but like that's that's what fucking knocked him off his rocker of sanity. You know, what I'm saying, or yeah. you know, just doing just doing the right thing. Like you know, what I'm saying like. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, that shit crazy. That's just crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Okay. DC. Yeah, I mean, shit. At the end of the day, I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> you got it's, quiet as hell. No, nah, I mean, it, 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 it's it's kind of is. I don't know. It's 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 fragile in the sense to kind of talk about it because, like, you know, you don't want to be such a opinionist. When it comes to it, you know what I'm saying? I just I just say at the end of the day, I mean, it's not something that I would agree with. So, I mean, it makes it a little easier to not feel some sort of sympathy for him. But it's almost like at the same time you do because it's like, you know, it's, it's always a but at the end of it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, it's hard it's hard to to, you know, feel some type of way for him, but it's like at the same time, it's like, you know, what the hell did he go through and how much help was he, you know, was, was available to him in order to change this shit around. You know what I'm saying? But, I mean, shit, the motherfucker used it to to his financial advantage and, you know, (laughs) made music on it. He had the money (laughs) to get help. He he had the money to get help. That's why I said it makes it hard to, it makes it hard to feel like it is, it's harder to um, feel sympathy for you. It's easier to hate you in a sense because, you know, it's like you just thought that you was invincible. You get what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. mm, that's that neither here yeah, nor there, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, the money, the money, the money for sure complements all of that. It really does. Mm-hmm. It, you know, the money enables your wicked ways because your money can pay for a lot of that shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, money is more powerful than anybody can ever really state. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, money opens doors to a lot of things. It can get you off on certain shit. You know what I'm saying? But unfortunately for him, it, it ain't about to work. Like, he's he, he been trying. Like, I've been hearing that he's been trying to, you know, get out, you know, with the rest of the people that's been granted to get out early and stuff like that. They're like, nah, bro. Like you good? You about to sit in here? He's trying to um, he's trying to switch his team around too because he's never had his team has never went up against a federal a federal court, so he's trying to switch his team around too. Yeah, I mean, shit. If you was his team, like, would you feel confident to be going in there with that type of case? Exactly. Exactly. I wouldn't feel confident at all. Like, you got twenty two cases and two pending. Because like, like, the lawyer, the lawyer keeps saying, "Oh, they just want money." You can't, you can't keep throwing that argument out there, sweetie. Like, okay, so every person, every every woman's story has something similar to it. You got evidence on tape, and there's still more tapes coming out. Right. And shit, like, I don't know. I feel like they just entertaining it for you know for the most part because it's like if you got all this evidence and stuff, like that would have been the end of it right then and there. Like, but I don't mm-hmm. know. I feel like they just, I feel like they just, you know, they egging the shit on. 
they could have been convicted him if they really, really wanted to. That's just my opinion. Well, you gonna close it out? Yeah, we gonna yeah, we gonna shut this shit down. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, ladies and gentlemen, this is the closed caption of the show for tonight. Hopefully, y'all enjoyed the whole baby's kids segment. Um, like I said, if y'all didn't watch it when y'all was young, y'all better watch it when you're older because you'll get <laughs> you'll get the best of both worlds. You'll under you'll get the you'll get the kitty aspect of it, and you'll get like the real life situations of it. You know what I'm saying? So definitely go watch that. It's a good watch. You know what I'm saying? Like Complex said, if you got Netflix, it's on Netflix. If you don't, <laughs> YouTube is your best friend. It's on there, too. So ain't no excuse. Make it go watch right. it. Yeah. <laughs> but with that being said, we're going to shut it down with the dynamic culture quote for tonight, and it is, God isn't asking you to figure it all out. He's asking you to trust that he already has. Mm. And I ask him to cross this because, like, I've always tried to figure things out on my own and not necessarily trusting to my higher power. You know, I can I can I can be human enough to say that, you know, I I never really trusted God and, you know, his best interests when it came to, you know, me making moves and, you know, dealing with reality in this world that we have. And he's been proving me wrong. <laughs> He's definitely been proving me wrong. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, when you really put your trust in God, like, he really does make a way for you. Patience is the key. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Continu- continuous conversations with him on a daily basis is key. And, you know, just having that faith that he already has it figured out for you. You know what I'm saying? You just got to walk that You just gotta walk that ground that, you know, that he, um, that he made for you. You know what I'm saying? Continue to walk that path. And don't have any doubts or feel discouraged about it at all. You know what I'm saying? Because everybody has their own different timely fashions for success. We just can't look at everybody else's success and, you know, wonder like, damn, like, what did what did they do that I'm not doing? Doing this, but God's already had plans for you. You know, so just play your role and, you know, continue to live your journey. Because everybody's journey and path to success and happiness is different. So just wait your turn and God got something for you, you know. Keep your eyes open. <laughs> Watch out for them signs, and you know what I'm saying. When them doors open, you make sure you barge into them because God set them there for you. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's the quote for tonight. So peace and love, and we are out. Peace and love, y'all.